Street Photography Magazine episode number 59, Magnum Streetwise editor Stephen McLaren. Hello again, this is Bob Patterson, editor of Street Photography Magazine, back with another edition of our podcast. And I'm really excited about our guest this week. His name is Stephen McLaren. He is the editor of Magnum Streetwise, a new book published by Thames and Hudson. And it's just available, I believe, this week on Amazon and other places. Stephen is a freelance photographer. He's an author, a curator. He's a former TV producer, an aspiring script writer, and, as I said, the editor of Magnum Streetwise. He was uh, born and raised in Scotland, but he now lives in Los Angeles, California. In addition to being a very talented writer, Stephen is also a very highly accomplished photographer himself. Magnum Streetwise is a collaboration between Stephen, his publisher, Thames and Hudson, and the photographers at Magnum. Throughout this project, Stephen worked closely with over 40 Magnum photographers, people like Elliot Erwitt, Martin Parr, Bruce Gilden, and Steve McCurry, just to name a few. And he worked with them personally to help select photos from their archives to include in the book. During these conversations, he captured their stories and picked up tips to refine his own style. More than a book about street photographies by these legendary photographers, it's also a history of Magnum itself. This book is big, it's meaty, it's full of amazing photographs, but more important, it's chock full of stories from these legendary photographers about how they work and think. And personally, I think Magnum Streetwise is a must-have to put on the bookshelf of anybody who's serious about street photography. So sit back and relax and listen to my conversation with Stephen McLaren. And today I'm with Stephen McLaren. He is a uh, freelance photographer, a curator, a writer. He is a former TV producer. This guy's done everything. Um, he's originally from Scotland, but he now lives in the Los Angeles area. So he's in La La Land. Um, and I just have to say he's he's a student of street photography, if nothing else. Uh, he, he's written a couple of books. We're going to talk about his latest. He also wrote one called Street Photography Now. And his latest book is called Magnum Streetwise, The Ultimate Collection of Street Photography. And uh, after having this book in my possession for a while, I've got to say that it is. It's, uh, it's quite a project, which I'm sure we're going to get into it quite a bit. Anyway, Stephen, welcome. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Bob. Nice to talk to you. I guess before we get into the book itself and everything street photography, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how about your journey in photography and how you got to the point to write a book of this magnitude? Um, well, I suppose my TV career of about 15 years and 20 years in Britain was, um, you know, an, an introduction to photography. I was often out with camera crews, often shooting my own stuff, um, liking to think that I had a decent eye for composition. And um, But when when, my, when television became a little bit of a dead end for me, um, I just found myself using my stills camera more and more and just wondered if I could make a bit of a career leap, um, kind of getting towards my mid, mid to late 30s. And, um, yeah, it was a passion that just kind of became 
a job um and mm-hmm. of you know and and being a, a kind of journalist by trades um i very quickly found out i was i was writing about it as well so nothing planned just uh, just just one of these things but following your your passions and interests and seeing where it leads you and hoping that there there are some work assignments that that pay the bills along the way and um i hooked up uh, about 10 years ago with the the london um publisher thames and hudson and um they they knew that i was really into street photography and and they thought it was it was a good time to bring out a kind of anthology of what was being done at the time this is off the back of you know the success of of street photography on platforms like Flickr and um Mm-hmm. And and other platforms that are were around at the time, and uh, I've kind of just stayed with it in, in those last ten years. I mean, I also, you know, I'm interested very much interested in documentary photography, um, you know, bits and pieces of of architectural photography, urbanism. You know, I'm not I, I'm not really kind of fixated on one specific genre, but 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 certainly the two books that we're talking about today are. For the for the, the hardcore lovers of street photography out there, and and I do this myself, um, not at a particularly great level, but I kind of uh, this is part of my kind of photography DNA. So um, it's nice to be able to to in this instance put together a book uh, full of people who are so much better at it than I am, and who have been plowing these furrows for for decades. You know, whether you know, we, in the in the Streetwise book we have work from Cartier-Bresson in the 30s and in Mexico when he's a very young man, which hasn't been seen that much, uh, right through mm-hmm. to, to work from Peter Van Atmile from the last year or so. So it's, uh, it, you know, there's a phrase in Britain um, when you get a job like this, it's called a busman's holiday. Um, I don't think, I'm not sure there's an equivalent in the U, in the US, but it, it kind of basically means it's a, a job that you would do uh, anyway, just because it, it, it's it's right up your street. So um, you know, it's uh, it's it's a job, but uh, I'm, I'm, I would have, you know probably done it for nothing if if if, if that had been the case. This is quite a collection of photographers that you you featured in the book. Um, I, I can't even I, mean, I can't even read all their names, but I mean there, there's I mean there's so many. I mean, like you say, from Cartier Brisson to Steve McCurry, Bruce Davidson. Bruce Gilden, Constantine Manos, Alex Webb, but there, there must be forty people in there. Yeah, there's about forty. I think yeah, there's about forty. Um, you mentioned a lot of the the kind of American names there, but there's there's a lot more to it than that. There's there's definitely the uh, for, there's a lot of people out there who are big fans of the likes of um, Pinkasoff, um, uh, you know, and Raymond Depardon and and. Um, who else? Uh, oh, Harry Greert. You know, some of these are kind of more European photographers. Martin Parr, obviously. Um, so there's 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 a good mix, I think, of of uh, global photography figures in the Magnum stable. Uh, stable. Um, and I like to think we've got quite a lot of kind of territories covered in terms of the subject matter which is very important you don't want just people to think it's the same sidewalk on fifth avenue that they've seen forever and a day you know this is mm-hmm. this is everything from new york sidewalks down to indian paddy fields through to chinese shopping malls through to 
you know, hillsides in, in southern Wales. So uh, the, 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 the mix uh, to show the, the kind of breadth of street photography uh, was was very important and, and not to not to just harp on about you know what someone was doing with a, a 28 mil lens on Fifth Avenue at 4, mm. 4 p.m. of us of a, of, a, of, a, of a weekday afternoon yeah definitely I I'm trying to think how to actually describe the book because it's 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 not a coffee table book that you have laying around and it it's got several nice photographs in it I mean it's it's almost scholarly in a way uh, with, with your writing. I, I, to me, it's probably more of a reference book than any street photographer should have on their shelf. Hopefully, I'm doing it justice that way. Yeah, I mean that's one aspect of it. The other, the other way I sometimes describe it is an alternative history of Magnum. So it's it's a book about Magnum. Mm -hmm. You know, this this is an agency that has been producing extraordinary work from all around the world since since after the Second World War and all these. Photographers are typically either working on assignment or for their own ends and in all parts of the globe. And they work as a collective. And this is quite a phenomenon nowadays that you have this kind of notion of a, a, a social entity that is also a commercial entity that also is a, an, an arts institution. You know, it's, um, it's an amazing kind of utopian idea that... Uh, Magnum exists and continues to exist and thrive, and uh, so the book, in some respects, is is an alternative history which looks at work perhaps out with the usual photojournalistic kind of tropes. You know, so there's not there's not much in the way of war photography in there, or kind of big political events, or um, sports, or the kind of big photojournalism stories that Magnum photographers will do um it's it's more about it's more personal it's more um grounded in who they are as artists uh it's more reflective of the day-to-day -day nature of being a photographer you know having that camera with you every day rather than just picking it up every time an assignment comes in so i i would go back to the 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 uh the, the title Magnum Streetwise is is a book for, you know about this about the, the talents who who make this a very special uh, place for photography in general. Yeah, and what exactly do you mean by Streetwise? Well, I try and describe it in the in the introduction as a as a kind of a, a state of mind. Really, it's 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 another way of um, you know I think it's divided. There's, there are there, there are particularly when you're in a city, there, there are definitely people who you know are more streetwise than others. There are people who know how to navigate cities, how to get safely from A to B, how to be able to tell what the the weather patterns are doing, um, who can be trusted to ask directions from, um, how people move through um, public transport. It's you know, it's that those are instinctual. It's, it's instinctual stuff, but also grounded in a kind of knowledge of how people um, occupy public spaces. So it's uh, you can be streetwise without having a camera, of course. That's probably the, the kind of uh, the meaning that most people would come to it with. But I think there's a difference between streetwise photographers and non-streetwise photographers and um the all 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 the all the uh, the photographers in this book are definitely of the streetwise nature you can tell that they are comfortable in busy urban environments they are you know they're comfortable working in and around people they they work fast 
they don't feel um, threatened by being in other locations. So I suppose that's what I mean by streetwise. Yeah, it made me think of um, a guy I heard once on a podcast who's a bird photographer. Bear with me. There's a point to this. <laughs> He's a bird photographer, but he also studied birds and he knew the habits of birds and he would know when a bird is on a perch, what they're going to do next and where they go and into the, the brush to hide. And that helped him be a better fur, bird photographer because he knew how, how they moved and how they behaved. And when I was reading your description of what it is to be streetwise, it made me think of that. It's just knowing your surroundings, understanding yeah, how people move and how they behave. It takes quite a bit of awareness. Yeah, and anticipation. You know, we're, we're, street photographers are always kind of trying to anticipate what other people are going to do, how they're going to, um, what's their, their body movement like and what's their emotional state. And, you know, they're quite sensitive people. Um, they can be shy people, of course. You know, they don't, they're not naturally gregarious, but they're, you know, they're very sensitive around people in crowds and got, usually have a decent sense of how things are going to unfold and where that might lead to a decent picture. I want to read a line from your book that I really liked. It said, for the truly committed street photographer, acting suspiciously is an occupational hazard. It rewards gamblers and those with sharp elbows. I guess, I guess it means that street photography isn't really for the timid, is it? It's interesting because you think of someone who, we, who we're, we've come to love recently, like Vivian Meyer, mm -hmm. and a lot of people would describe her as quite timid. But... I don't see that her, myself in her, her photographs. I see quite a bold woman, but I think the notion of timidity is is relative in, in this instance. It's, you know, I think all, all different personality types can be good street photographers, um, and it's quite hard to to work out what kind of photographer we're talking about just from the photographs. We don't really know what they're like when they're out and about because we don't see them. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen some very bold and, and sharp elbow type street photographers, you know, at work. I'm thinking of someone like Martin Parr, who is 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 great, you know, totally kind of out there and gregarious and totally happy, you know, shooting with a, a flash gun and, and such like uh, broad daylight. And then, you know, there's the, the more shy and retiring types who uh, will be at the back of the queue and kind of looking for something else completely different. So... The, uh, I, I maybe was a little bit too gung ho with that description there because there there are lots of there are lots of timid um, street photographers out there who just do a different kind of street photography. So how did a book like this come about? I mean, you obviously had to coordinate closely with with Magnum, and then you had the publisher, and then yourself who curated and wrote it. I mean, is this an idea that you came up with, or? Was it a collaboration between the three parties? Yeah, pretty, pretty much that. Um, it was it was quite. Um, Thames and Hudson were, were, um, couldn't believe that this hadn't been produced already. It, it felt like a bit of a, a no brainer to them. So um, once once we realised that this kind of book hadn't come out before, it was uh, Thames and um, Magnum were really happy to get involved and. Um, and I, I was asked to to do the to do the uh, the curation and the editing, and um, so it was quite a natural progression, really. Um, it, it it's uh, 
I think when you see the book, it feels like a a fairly obvious addition to the photography anthology series. Um, it's uh, it's it's not a coffee table book, as you said, in the sense it's it's not too huge. It's not something to be kind of um, drag out every now and again. I think it's something to spend a lot of time with and uh, dip in and out of, you know, periodically to remind yourself of the great range of. Uh, of street photography that Magnum has in its archive, and that was one of the the great joys of the job was was giving me carte blanche to to dig around in the archive. It's all digitised now, of course, so it's not it's not like I'm I'm going into a, a dark basement and looking at uh, <laughs> contact sheets. That would be um, cool, though. It would be cool, but it'd taken ten times as long. Yeah, uh, but um, it did mean you know weeks and weeks of, of going through the archive um, and really drilling down into some of the work that perhaps hadn't been seen so much in the past. And that was important for me, that it wasn't just greatest hits. It was um, it was looking at bodies of work particularly that might, maybe hadn't got some recognition at the time they were made. Um, so that... Um, that was my. I, that was a brief I gave myself. You know that it, it, it wouldn't be an obvious collection of greatest hits, and uh, I like to think that there's quite a lot of portfolios, particularly in the book, that are surprising and and hopefully um, haven't been seen that widely and and come as a bit of a surprise to readers. So how did it feel curating the work? some of the greatest photographers who ever walked on this planet. Was it intimidating? Uh, well, it wasn't, it wasn't. I mean, it's, it's always intimidating because you have to seek the photographer's willingness to show this work, you know, and, and some of them, you know, we all have, we're all very partial to certain periods in our working lives as photographers and certain projects that mean more than others. And perhaps we've forgotten about some that were, in the past and might have been seen as being less mature than, you know, work we're doing now. But in terms of the, the uh, Magnum photographers, the, everyone was, was uh, individually very helpful and was very kind of clear as to what they felt best represented them. So it was a negotiation with, between me and them as to what, uh, what work would kind of be in the, uh, their own section in the book and um you know they're just they're 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 not grand people they they like to talk about what they've done in the past they like to ruminate on you know um bodies of work that they perhaps uh, hadn't given much thought to of late and um so that was a good a great kind of exploration um and get to talk to them about work that I really appreciated and perhaps they hadn't heard of much in recent times. So, you know, um, that, that, that was the fun for me, getting to make contact with, with a lot of these people and in some occasions actually, actually see them work and um, try mm. and pick up a few tips as well. Yeah, I was going to ask how working with these folks, how much did it affect your own photography and your own style? Uh, yeah, that that's... I've often found that working on photography books, not just this one, but the, the four, the three previous ones I've done, so three or four, three, um, that once you're you're close to someone's work and um, their methodologies and their their, their aesthetic 
worldview. It actually prohibits, or it certainly dampens down my own photography impulses, and it makes it quite awkward for me because every time I then go out with my camera, I've I've got you know Bruce Gilden in the back of my mind, or <laughs> Susan Mizelis in the back of my mind, and and therefore every time I see something, I'm kind of seeing it through their eyes, and and that's not healthy if you're trying to do your own work. So. Often when I'm involved um, in, in these titles, my own photography takes a real back seat because it, feel, it starts to feel a bit derivative and, and prone to prone to, prone to second-guessing what I'm seeing. Um, and also a, kind of a slight lack of self-confidence. So it's, um, it's not the best thing to be doing if you want to be improving yourself uh writing about it i find it's um the, the, the two don't often particularly uh meet up very well well and just time you must have spent a lot of time on this yeah it was, it was kind of 18 months in total beginning to end um that's usually the, the, the kind of life cycle of one of these fairly large anthologies um but i'm not going to claim it's it's nine to five and and working in a coal mine it's 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 definitely not that it's um you know it's 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 slightly a labor of love um and you know you're dealing with 40 different individuals so a lot of the work is actually in the isn't in the editing it's in the conversations you're having and the the process of getting from from the beginning to the end and uh you know, getting nice edits and working with a, a fantastic book designer, um, which is and 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 good people at your publishing company. So it's very much a, a collaboration as well as 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 a, something that I was doing on my own all the time. I'm curious about something. As somebody who also curates other people's work, is how are you able to set aside your own personal taste and take into account? things that other people do that maybe you wouldn't do and think about what the reader or the viewer might want to see as well. To me, it's always hard to kind of step outside my own personal taste and prejudices. And how do you do that? I mean, you've obviously done it many times. Yeah, well, I've, I've got quite Catholic tastes. I, I genuinely, I'm, I'm up, you know, I, I like seeing all sorts of different things. I used to be quite a bit more dogmatic and a bit more kind of, you know, in, into certain grooves and genres and kind of, you know, uh, you know, like a record collector who who would only buy, you know, yeah. chess blues albums from the nineteen fifties. But you know, in, in latter years, I've actually my eyes have been opened to so much more the the wide world of photography that I'm not really that bothered so much about. Um, appealing to my own tastes, uh, kind of hopefully, just with age, just kind of mellowed out a, a little bit, and, and thought that you know, there's readers of, of books these days are a bit more omnivorous than perhaps they used to be, and are, are up just for seeing new stuff. And and it sometimes the mix is more important than the you know seeing the same notes being hit every time. So this this <laughs> book in particular, you know, as the way it kind of meanders from color to black and white from busy cities to quiet parks is has got um just an, a kind of outstanding kind of mix of uh of of both both types of work and kind of approaches to street photography and and uh, artistic kind of uh 
aesthetic values that I think that's where the joy is. It's it's it's, it's knowing that there's a, a million ways to slice the, the photography, the street photography thing. It's it's kind of ne- never ending and always up for revision and reinvention. And um, that's why we still have it today. You know, over a century after this kind of stuff started coming out. I mean, when you're photographing on the street, it's sort of an adventure. You're you know wandering around, maybe not quite sure where you're going or or where you are at the moment. And street photography in general was like that. You've created an interesting structure in the book that really takes us through street photography itself, and I think in a very interesting way. And I wonder if you could share with the listeners how, basically how it's put together. How the book's put together? Yeah, how it's organized, um, what they can find in it, what, what oh, they okay. can experience in in owning the book and reading it right well it's it's about 380 pages it's it's a a meaty title with a bruce gilden cover a fantastic bruce gilden shot from uh, from new york and it contains uh, over 300 photographs it's um there's about 40 photographers represented in it each with a, a kind of six to eight to ten page portfolio of work of theirs that's typically either one or two bodies of work. So it's not it's not a random mix of their favorite pictures. And then we we also um, we, we 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 have some some essays on uh, the different cities that Magnum has offices in in which uh, street photography continues to flourish. And that's Paris, New York, London and Tokyo. So we have chapters on those cities and how they have been approached by Magnum photographers. And then we have some essays on thematic topics. Um, you know, we look at the, every street photographer ends up shooting in street markets. So we have a chapter on different kinds of markets and how how the uh, photographers um, have shot those over the years. Um, a chapter on public transport, again, you know, number of photographers who've had their cameras primed on the, the, the bus or the train or uh, the tram or whatever. And then we have a kind of an essay on leisure and recreation, you know, all that stuff that gets done in parks and, and swimming pools and zoos and all those kind of non kind of uh, traditional street photography places, the kind of places where, you know, we, we find people on their day off, you know, re- relaxing, playing with their family, um, enjoying nice surroundings. So uh, that's that's about it. Um, a mixture of colour and black and white. Uh, and I think the first photograph in there is from 1932 approximately. And the last one's probably from 2018. And that's about it. I think whenever you start any type of project from scratch, it's difficult to figure out how to how to make sense of it, pull it together, and categorize things. And I think you've done a just a brilliant job. I mean, not only the photos good, and then the story behind it, your your text. Yeah, that's. I guess I didn't I didn't mention that so much, but yeah. there, there's some great <laughs> the writing is excellent. Well, not, not so much the quality of the writing. That's that's up for yeah. debate. But the you know what the photographers would tell me. So, you mm-hmm. know, I I interviewed pretty much them all. Um, 
over the phone or in person. And um, so they gave me, you know, some lovely insights into their state of mind whenever they were shooting a particular project and what they were what they were thinking about at the time, what they were trying to what they were trying to say. So there's a lot for 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 photographers, um, you know, possibly buying this book. There's a lot of um, a lot of uh, knowledge and kind of artistic expression in those interviews that perhaps they'll find inspiring. Um, you know, there's so many of my heroes are in there who kind of gave me little gems of wisdom and, and made me think about my own photography and kind of, you know, made me realise, you know, why they're at the top of their game. And uh, for, for people like us who are kind of lower down the food chain, it's always good to to, to read some generous insights from, from those who have, um, you know, become masters of the of the art form. I like on this one page, you, you the... Uh title of the page is actually a, a question. You said, while I was writing this book, several Magnum photographers asked me the following question. Why do street photographer, street photographs have to be taken on the street? Mm. How did you answer that? Um, I really... I, I don't. Th I, th I think that's a bit of a dead end. That question. It's always. Been a bit, <laughs> it's always been a bit of a dead end, you know. And that's uh -huh. obviously references streets as well. But I, I kind of. Um, I, th I think it's one of those things. Like, how did jazz become known, known as jazz? Uh, doesn't matter. And I'm, you know, I'm always yeah. curious about how, you know, the origination, the the, the the original practitioners of an art form gave something a name and why it stuck. Um, but in, in, in this instance, I think we're past that. You know, it's um, I've always thought of it more of a as a, a tradition or even as like a state of mind. Mm -hmm. um, and I really kind of avoid those kind of uh, those those debates only because I think it stops people taking photographs. It's kind of I think you should have permission to pretty much shoot anything you like. So you know, starting starting to curtail things by saying it must be on the street is. I just think a dead end, and um, so so yeah, you get you get photographers saying, "Why is it called street photography when I'm out shooting in parks every day?" I don't think I don't think it diminishes in any sense what they're doing or kind of uh, belittles it or or confuses the uh, confuses the viewer. It's it's you know we've got that we we have that name for it, and I think it's worth keeping as long as people are happy with it and. Um, the fact that maybe 70% of the, the pictures in the book are on A Street means that it, it certainly pertains to the, the, the concrete and the tarmac, but uh, not not in its entirety. I'm, I'm so glad you said that. I mean, I personally, I spend a lot of time in forums and uh, even even our own forum, and some people are quite dogmatic about what it is. I mean, you have to call it something, right? Yeah. Uh, one gentleman, who I know he's he's a longtime photojournalist, and he posted a picture of of a country road, and he and he said, "Is this street photography?" Hmm. And was that a good picture? He's a, he's a kidder. He's a wise ass. Uh -huh. And some people posted, "No, absolutely not. It's got to have this and that and the other thing." And I thought, "Oh my goodness, take it easy. It's supposed yeah. to be fun." Yeah. Yeah, and if it's a good picture, that's all it counts to. 
That's right. That's right. And it was a good picture. Excellent. So obviously you spent a lot of time working directly with these photographers. Anybody in particular stand out as somebody that uh, was a big surprise or somebody you, you learned a lot from? I would say that um, I did meet a few of the photographers kind of almost in passing. Um, and that, that's this is over the last several years. And uh, I remember Trent Park, the Australian photographer, um, in London a few years ago. And I met him very early in the morning or what I to districts in London and it was like 8.30 in the morning and I was I was down looking for my own pictures and um, he walked past me and I recognised them, we'd met before and I said, Trent, hi, how are you doing? You've been out photographing? He said, yeah, but I'm done. I said, you're <laughs> done? I said, Look, it's only 8.30. He says, the light's gone, man. And <laughs> it probably, for him it had gone because the, the pictures he was getting were from like 6.30 through to 7.30 and he was getting light refracted off all these kind of new glass buildings in the city of London and commuters were being kind of like strafed by this amazing early morning light and colours were bouncing all over the place. And that made me realise that what I thought was kind of dedication to 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 this stuff is not really the same as, as the, the Magnum guys because, you know, they, they put in those hours that us mere mortals can't really be bothered doing so that that was a kind of a salutary lesson for me you know that's if you're really driven for a specific kind of picture and it means it means a 6 a.m start and it means kind of finishing by 8 30 and perhaps then going out in the evening kind of similar hours you know that's that, that's the kind of level of dedication and you've got to put into things and uh so you know that that was that was a good example, a, a good kind of lesson for for me uh, meeting Trent, and subsequently you know I've met him a few times, and you know the, the work ethic is extraordinary, and that's that's something I hope that the book rep, reflects that the the work ethic of of these photographers is is pretty impressive, and uh, that's that's where the good stuff comes from. You know, it doesn't come from you know, doing this once or twice a week on our way to and from some other event. It means putting in lots of mileage and lots of hours mm-hmm. and lots of, lots of wasted time. So the, uh, I suppose whenever I've, I've come across uh, the photographers in person, they've always impressed me with their dedication. And uh, that's, I suppose that's not really a surprise as such. It's what you'd kind of expect, but it's always... Uh, it's always heartening to see it, see it personally and kind of be reminded that uh, the off switch for these people is, is not, is, is uh, not, is not quite as stuck as my own is. Anything that somebody's successful in, they're going to put a lot of time into it. Mm, Definitely. uh, Somebody once, once said, someone asked them, what's the most valuable piece of photography gear they own? And they said, an alarm clock. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i can't say if i've ever had that issue myself but uh, maybe that's why i'm not as good as the other people <laughs> if i were you i wouldn't sell myself short <laughs> thank you i do want to talk a little bit about some of your work too matter of fact this is probably a good time okay yeah i went through your website and and really i think anybody's listening and you, you really have to check out steven's website you're no slouch 
I'm happy. I'm happy with self-deprecating. Well, I guess when you're working with these people, you you have a, a series of projects on your site, and one that I I found particularly interesting, probably because I was I was just in this spot two months ago. It's called Drive Lincoln, America's oh, yes. Route One. It's about the street. It's near the uh, LAX airport. It runs from LAX to San Vicente in Santa Monica, and it's you know it's. I call it the world's shortest road trip photography because it's, uh, <laughs> it's it's only about five or six miles, maybe mm-hmm. a bit longer than that. But I'm, yeah. I was actually, I'm still doing it. I was do, I was out doing doing it yesterday. Um, but the the kind of the, you know you get the uh, it gets harder and harder over the years to add to it. Uh, and also, it's like um, God, the fumes on that street, on that road are just incredible so you know you, you know that your, your your lungs are taking a pounding every time you go out onto Lincoln looking for for photos um so I don't recommend it to 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 people who've got kind of chest complaints because it's, uh, it's fairly brutal in that regard but that's what makes it interesting too um I, I mean I yeah I was just there you know we picked up our rental car and we're driving on that street and I, I'm thinking you know this is a nasty place. I, I no offense to our friends in Los Angeles, but it's not some place you would go there on vacation. You just happen to have to pass through there when you're on it. But I encourage anybody to go look at this uh, series of photos because you've taken photographs of some things that most of us would just walk by, pretty innocuous things, but you've created some really really nice compositions uh from things like piles of tires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. the thing about Lincoln. It's 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 dedicated largely to the car. You know, you picked up your, yep. your rental car there. There's body shops all over the place, car washes, uh, drive-through restaurants. You know, it's, it really is dedicated to the automobile, and um, a lot of those pictures are kind of are trying to reflect that. And um, it's it feels it's you know I. I, I like the idea of road, road trip photography. Um, you know, it's, it's, all, it's been a great tradition in photography. And this is just my kind of little take on it that I can actually do without having to, to go on a hundred or thousand mile journey. It's, it's literally six or seven miles I know intimately well. And very often I'm on my bicycle. So it's, um, I'm not even seeing it as a, as a, as a pedestrian. I'm kind of cycling along it and my camera's, kind of hung over my shoulder and sometimes I'm taking pictures while I'm, I'm moving which is not to be recommended actually because it's quite a busy and dangerous uh, road also um, so it's I'm not really too sure if I've got much to, left to say on that particular project but it's been great fun I really enjoyed it yeah you're a pretty brave guy for riding your bicycle along that street I know foolish <laughs> yeah I think one of my favorite photographs in the group is a is a guy looking in a window at a car dealership it must be like a classic car dealership mm. if you remember that one is that the one towards the end he's kind of looking from inside yeah he's looking well he's looking inside from from the outside and is it towards the end there's a lot of photos in this group <laughs> yeah i probably should edit it down a little bit i don't know what to do with it though bob you can tell me who to to send it to which where, where shall i take that next because i haven't really showed it to anyone it's about it's about time that i i submitted it for something Drop, drop, drop me a line if you've got any any ideas. You should put it in our magazine. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. So, what's harder, editing your own work or other people's? Uh, 
well, curating I, your own work. Anyway. Yeah, my own work, I guess. I mean, it's, I think that's a, a common a common story, isn't it? You know, photographers not feeling so confident about their own work and how to edit it, and uh, I'm I'm no different in that regard. And and yet, I always feel that I've got a good or a decent kind of ability to edit other people's work. You know, it's a, it's a conundrum that I don't think there's any way out of. But um, I'm always looking for a second opinion on my own photography. And, uh, you know, I've got some, some trusted friends that I, I throw things in front of, and, you know, including my wife, who kind of sees most of my stuff as I shoot it. I'm always putting it in front of her to see what she thinks. She's a good, she's usually quite a good sounding board. Um, but it's it's a lonely business as we know, and and this, the self doubt is always there as to if you're actually getting anywhere or whether you're just going over the same ground that you've been doing for years. It sure is, isn't it? And and I I imagine, or is it true that a lot of the Magnum people you work with also have self doubts about things? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they do. Uh, they just have a great network of support behind them, whereby the mm. They have they have colleagues and members of staff who are always looking at their work and basically getting getting the good stuff out there. It's kind of um, you know we all wish we had twenty people who could be looking at our stuff and saying this is you know this is great. Keep doing more of this and this isn't so good. You can leave this alone. But uh, no, you know for us for us individuals we are we are a bit more kind of isolated and having to rely on our own peer groups and stuff and uh that's you know it's always good to have a good peer group to rely on and help you help you get through the weeds that's true because if you're stuck inside your own head you're just going to run in circles yep no matter what i mean it's not just photography it's anything yeah 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 totally yeah so of all the projects on your website which one's your favorite uh well it's always the one you're working on at the moment isn't it you know i'm doing i'm doing i'm doing something on kind of Venice. I, I live nearby, near near to Venice in Los Angeles. And, and you know, that's, it's the nearest thing that I've got on my doorstep to photograph. And it's, uh, it's not a chore to do it. It's very easy to do. Um, so I guess that one's my favorite at the moment. It's, uh, it's, it's full of, it's full of lovely sunshine and light and exotic people and rather strange little moments and uh, kind of eccentricities. So that that's that's currently my favorite. And I would imagine most of them are happy to be photographed. Who knows? I never ask. <laughs> Do you? Do you, Bob? Me? Uh, you know, not normally, but just recently I started a project where I am asking people and engaging with them. It's mm -hmm. very different for me. Mm -hmm. um, I did it to get out of a rut and it spawned some other projects as a result but normally I don't but you know when you see people in a place like Venice you think they're probably happy to be photographed I mean they're pretty much exhibitionists anyway there's part, partly that but there's also the ob the, the, ob ob the obverse is true as well there's a lot of people down there who kind of um, living pretty close to the edge and who would rather not be photographed for a whole host of reasons. So it's, you can't, you can't, point. you can't, you can't take anything for granted. And if you, if you look at, you know, um, there's, there's some famous footage of Gary Winogrand shooting in Venice beach back in the mid eighties, 
you can actually see the, some of the same people <laughs> who are still there today. You know, those, really? Uh, yeah, those. There's Harry Perry, the, the 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 guitarist who's who's on roller skates, and he's still doing his thing down there. And you know, it's quite funny to, for when every time I kind of photograph him, to think that Winogrand's photo, photographed him, as have dozens of other street photographers over the years. Um, and yeah. he's, he's he's totally cool. But you know, there's there's uh, no, it's it's, uh, it's 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 a mixed neighbourhood, and um, you really have to. Be streetwise to use that term again. You know, knowing whether you're likely to uh, have a, a good experience or a bad experience. So it's uh, I'm not blasé about it. It's not uh, it's not it's not like shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mention that. You see some of the same people. I was in Cuba a year ago. Actually, it was a year ago this week. And you know, so I'm in Havana and. There's a interesting looking gentleman and he told me to go ahead and take his photograph and I took it about two weeks before that. Guy I know through the magazine was there. He wound up photographing the same guy. And I, I see a lot of photographs of Cuba just uh curating the magazine. I've seen that same guy, I don't know, in probably at least five other pictures. So I thought yeah. oh, I didn't get anything special there. Yeah, no, that's that's that I I know I've I've been to Havana once myself and yes, I can there's definitely very kind of uh, photogenic people around who obviously are very used to having people ask them if they want their photograph taken. And, uh, well, that's, that's good for us, obviously. And sure. It's a small town too. I mean, at least the, the, uh, old Havana area is mm. pretty small. Yeah. Only so many people to go around and there's a lot of photographers there now, right now. Yes. I noticed that. Yeah. There's tons of them. <laughs> Are, are Americans allowed to, to travel to Cuba to take photographs? Uh, you can. There's um, it's it's pretty complicated. There's a few different ways you can go there. Um, I went there when it was still okay, but I also went as a journalist. But um, you you can go there with let's see, I forget what it's called. Support for the Cuban people. And then the other one is um, friends and something. I, I'd have to look it up. Earlier this year, um, the president of the United States uh, put the kibosh on on a lot of travel to, to Cuba. Mm. And you can still go under support for the Cuban people, I think it is, which basically what that means when they created it. And, and this is not having a lot of knowledge of of the rules, but basically it's, if you're there to, to help them embrace democracy somehow. <laughs> okay. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Which, you know, of course we didn't do that, but, <laughs> but it was interesting. I did, uh, I did get to meet Jose Fuster who creates a Fusterlandia, the, uh, the mosaic, the community made out of the mosaics. Not a name I know. No, I'll go look it up though. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, he's uh, he's a national treasure. He's allowed to own a new car. Oh yeah, yeah. But that so was pretty interesting. We hired a private uh, private guide, and she she was very streetwise. Good. Well, you need you need that in Havana. That's for sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. Oh, whatever. We're getting off track here. So let's see. Well, we're just about out of time. And uh, any anything else you wanna you wanna cover while we're on here? No, I think I think it was nice you mentioned Streetwise in Havana. I thought that was a good good way to 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 draw things to a close because uh, we get back to that notion of what is Streetwise and 
I hope uh, at least leaves people thinking about, you know, how they might apply that to their own photography. Yeah, yeah, that's an excellent point and something to to stay aware of. Anyway, before we go, Stephen, what's next for you? What are you working on now? Um, what am I working on now? I'm 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 trying to write some movie scripts as uh, mm. as you do when you live in Los Angeles. Everyone has a go at it. It's uh, you know I. I've got two great stories that I'm writing at the moment, um, and just just gives me a little change, a little change of scene, and might come to nothing, but it's good fun. I'm enjoying that. Hopefully, we'll see it one day. Me too. That's what I'm hoping. Where can people find you? Uh, I always send people to my website. I, I know people don't do websites so much these days. They always kind of say, "What's your Instagram or what's your Twitter handle or whatever?" But you know, StephenMclaren.co.uk is my portfolio. It's all my favorite photographies on there, and yeah, that's that's where to find me. I preach constantly: have your own website because you never know what's going to happen with Instagram or Facebook or anything else. So you got to have your own property. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, definitely go to it. And uh, and as for the book, um, I guess it can be found just about anywhere, right? Amazon. I, hope so. I think it just yeah. came out this week in the US. It's, it's, it was in it was in the UK for the last like two months, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to seeing it in a bookstore myself. That must be a thrill. It is, and it's it's a it's a it's a lovely kind of big red book, so it sticks out a mile. So you 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 won't miss it if you're looking for it. Yeah, and you can you can find it right on the publisher's website, which is uh, TimsonHudsonUSA.com. Definitely check it out. I recommend anybody who's serious about uh, street photography get this book. Thanks, Bob. That's very kind. Mm-hmm.